Welcome to the devmode.fm podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. This is our episode numero uno covering Craft CMS 3 RC1. And appearing with me here in our beautiful studio in upstate <laughs> New York, <laughs> I've got Patrick Harrington. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Patrick? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, my name is Patrick Harrington. I'm, uh, I run Mildly Geeky here in Boston. I've been doing craft since 2013 and spend way too much of my day on Craft Slack. And we've got Michael Rogg. Hey, y'all. Um, I am Michael. I am the proprietor of Top Shelf Craft, a craft plugin dev shop. Uh, I host the Craft Podcast, and I run a small web dev team down here in Texas. And finally, we have Jonathan Melville. Hello. So I'm out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I've been doing um, craft development since about uh, 2013. And um, we're a small team. Yeah, we specialize in craft and enact CMS. And you've, and, you, and, you've, <laughs> and, you, and you've got you got something special going on right now. And the salt comes out already. <laughs> I, I do, actually. not take long. Yeah. So just to um, go ahead and head off any potential weirdness, um, I'm recording this from the hospital where my wife has unexpectedly uh, gone into labor and given birth to our son. <laughs> so we're very happy about that, but you know how these things go. I may have to, to duck out, but um, I'll that, definitely that hang around dedication. as long as I can. That is dedication right there. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, of course, I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107, and today... We're going to be talking about Craft 3 RC1. Um, so the first release candidate of Craft CMS is out. And for anyone who doesn't know, a release candidate is basically a version that the developer thinks could be the actual general availability release. Um, doesn't mean it's finished, but it does mean that they think it could be. They think it's a, a candidate to be the actual release. And the feature set is frozen. And... A lot of people, now that the RC is out, are taking a look at it. And I think one of the, the biggest questions that people are, are having is, should I use this in production? So I'd like to kind of hear from our panel here and see who is using this in production and when you think it might be a good idea to start using it in, in production. Patrick, why don't you go ahead and go first? Yeah, sure. We have a, a couple projects right now that are using Craft 3. Um, similar to any time we have new technology, we, we try to start with something small and you know, just minimize the risk, uh, not knowing what we were going to be up against. And also just thinking that you know, because the plugin community is so large in Craft 2, but it's just really starting to catch on in Craft 3 now, you know, we want to make sure that we weren't going to have any real heavy plugin needs. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a, a small site that's ready to go. We're just waiting on some content entry. But yeah, it's been great to work with. Another project that is kind of in a staging situation. It'll be there for a while, but it's, you know, there's nothing stopping it from going to production. Uh, yeah, it's been great. I, I think it's more than ready to use in production as long as, you know, there are no big gaps um, from what you need in, in a plugin. And speaking of plugins, Craft CMS just tweeted out that there are 99 plugins in the Craft oh. 3 plugin store. Quick, um, jump onto a plugin factory. Let's make one quick. <laughs> yeah, get number 100. How about you, Michael? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think is the criteria between... Uh, choosing whether you're going to use uh, Craft 3 for a new project right now? Um, so I think it has to do with your familiarity 
uh, with a developer or as an agency with um, with the product and also um, kind of the needs of the project. Um, if you have a project that's you know going to go live this next summer and not much else on your plate, then yeah, jump right in and. Um, you know, I think in terms of stability, it's ready. I'm using Craft3 on all of my uh, new client projects right now and all of my personal projects right now. Um, you know, but uh, on the flip side, if you have something that comes in hot and needs to be turned around in two days and, you know, Craft2 is the tool that you know backwards and forwards and you haven't um, even looked at Craft3 yet, then obviously you know you gotta you gotta make the right choice for um, mm-hmm. for each moment. But I, I think it's stability wise, um, it's ready. Nothing is gonna like jump out of a cabinet and tank your site unexpectedly. The the bugs that are there, everybody sort of knows about, and you can shim around them until they get fixed. So um, yeah, I'm using Craft Three. Yeah, and I, I think it's a, a good time to note that the timetable that Pixel and Tonic has announced. Um, is that the general availability release will be April 4th, 2018. Um, and that's when the plugin store for paid plugins and Commerce 2 and Craft 3 will all be ready, and that's when the whole shebang is going to be ready to go. Um, how, how about you, Jonathan? Uh, what are you looking at in terms of Craft 3 projects, and what is your decision-making process on whether to use it or not? Yeah, so I, um, I do have a project coming up um it has like a tentative launch date of around april so this is going to be around the time when Mm. uh the release candidate is going to be coming out and so i mean it's already pretty stable at this point um if you sort of play around with it or if you've had some kind of like staging sites like what patrick was talking about where you've been using it it's pretty easy to see that there's really nothing glaring in terms of you know, uh, major problems um, with the functionality. The only thing that sort of has to play catch up a little bit is is the plugins. Right. Um, so I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this plugin called SEOmatic. <laughs> so I, I frequently I use this on almost every site. I'm sure. Well, as evidenced by Pixel and Tonic, a lot of other people do too. So it's just kind of at this point, it's kind of waiting for. Um, these plugins to sort of come on board and become stable right. um, so that we can use these in uh, production sites. So actually, this this project that um, I mentioned in April, we're going to go ahead and start it on Craft3 yep. because um, I think it the timeline just worked out for it um, such that it, the release candidate is coinciding with the kind of general launch uh, time frame that we have for it. So it just kind of made sense for us. If I was starting a smaller uh, project that, you know, had to be up by the end of the year or something, I probably wouldn't pursue the Craft 3 route just because, you know, you don't, your client ultimately wants a site that works, you know, right properly and um, there's no unexpected hiccups and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have a Craft 3 site in production. I'm excited to start working on it and um, all looks well. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's the other important thing to keep in mind is that Pixel and Tonic announced with the release of Craft CMS 3 RC1 that they are officially supporting it, right? Mm. So if you do decide to use this thing in production, you're actually going to be able to, uh, you know, file support tickets and expect that Pixel and Tonic is going to 
respond to them, which I think is, uh, is kind of an important thing. Um, so for myself, I am planning to use Craft 3 on, on all new projects going forward. Um, I've just invested a whole lot of time in, in learning it and developing for it. And yes, I am working on SEOmatic for Craft 3. It's coming out. <coughs> yes, 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 yes. It's coming. Um, but one thing that I'm not doing yet is I'm not looking into upgrading Craft 2 sites. And the reason is that starting a new project is fine, especially as you guys were mentioning, you've got a, a time horizon that's usually several months ahead. Um, and everything is kind of just going to come together. So it's a good time to start doing it. Um, but upgrading existing sites, at least for me, you know, they may be using a ton of plugins that are not ported yet. Uh, for a new project, uh, you can work around that. You've got some lead time. Uh, but for upgrading existing Craft 2 sites, what I'm doing is kind of, uh, well, I mean, first of all, a lot of clients have to authorize that work. Um, but I'm also waiting on those. So kind of interestingly, new projects are Craft 3. Um, but I don't have anything currently on the horizon where it's an upgrade uh, from Craft 2. Uh, or how about you guys? Is anyone looking at actually upgrading an existing site? Yeah. Um, I've upgraded all of my own sites. Um, and, uh, and I've got one client project that we took the first 80% of the way on Craft 2 mm -hmm. and looking pretty seriously at uh hopping tracks and and finishing the project up on craft three it's uh it's not using any crazy plugins that don't exist yet for for craft three so um so we may i i have found the upgrade you know if you're not running a whole bunch of custom plugins like the craft two to craft three upgrade uh is is pretty smooth so i've i've updated a couple sites but um what plugins are you missing trying try not to get crazy well um I'm missing SEOmatic, um, and uh, friggin' <laughs> this NY Studio guy seems to want to release everything lately except SEOmatic. I tell you, I tell you what. Um, so, so really, really losing confidence um, in, oh, uh, in, the hurts, SEOmatic, uh, in the SEOmatic. In the SEOmatic, you know, maybe it'll come out sometime in 2019. Um, no, I kid. SEOmatic is a big one, um, and. Uh, Yeah, actually, that's that's kind of the only. Oh my God, the pressure! <laughs> that's kind of the only actually, one. There's, there's another one. There's another one that I would name, except I don't want to tip any hands just yet. Um, but but yeah, SEOmatic. <laughs> Could all you right. just go ahead and uh, get on that, please? All right, all right. Yeah, <laughs> I actually am working on it. I actively uh, need it for several projects that I'm working on. Um, uh -huh. So believe me, it's it's going to happen. Uh, what I would were you going to say, add, Jonathan? Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to add that the other one that came to mind was the Happy Brad plugin. Oh, yeah. I found that. Oh, it's my, done. Yeah, that's oh, important. Okay, perfect. Yeah, my clients can't do without seeing Brad's face on the control panels. <laughs> oh, I feel like have to be. I feel like that's a first party plugin now. I think I saw something <laughs> scroll up on the Slack where. Uh, I think they forked it, yeah. Where Brandon forked it, and, yep. and now it's going to be. You know, I'm thinking maybe like $20 on the plugin store when it launches. That'd be well worth it. If it. Uh, no brainer <laughs> no brainer all right so now that we've got a rough idea of um, what we're doing with craft free let's let's talk about um, why we're using it 
Like, uh, Patrick, what are the, the, the top three features in Craft 3 that have you kind of excited? And you only get three. Only okay. get three. You only get uh, com- three. Composer is one. Uh, just installing and updating plugins has gotten a whole lot easier, as well as um, I'll make number two. Uh, CLI installs, uh, being able to install uh, you know, a new site living right up over to the your, command line. Yeah, living up to your mildly geeky persona. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> deep, baby. Um, yeah, doing that is nice. And you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you've taken and really forked the craft installer and you know, been able to kind of make your own, which is one of those things that's always been on my to-do list of making you know, my own bespoke mildly geeky craft installer. But mm-hmm. yeah, them kind of giving you a blueprint for it, I find just makes that a whole lot easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, well what's number three? Uh, I don't want to take all the good ones. This is, take I mean, it. take it. Yeah, performance. It's just performance. so much snappier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can think of a whole lot more, but I'll I'll leave some room. I'm sure Rog has some some good ones. What do you think, Michael? Um, performance is is definitely on my list. Yeah. Um, the um, the E two. Found uh, E2 Foundation is exciting to me mm-hmm. um, as a plugin developer. Um, just uh, you know, having all the new modern PHP toys um, and the way the way that um, um, that the architecture of E2 has really inspired uh, some new architectural choices in Craft right. um, is uh, and and then that kind of ripples and inspires really nice architecture choices for plugin developers like me. Um, we'll and make so that, we'll make that two and a half. What's number um, three? So, so I feel like um, not, not just performance from E2, but also just, um, you know, just every, the opportunity to really up my game and see some really good examples of excellently crafted code. And then, um, you know, trying to, to live up to that foundation with with my own code, um, I'm excited about the the Q runner. Um, we do a ton of work um, in tasks in Craft Two, um, and it's it's not glamorous. It's kind of esoteric, but like we a ton of content migration, a ton of content cleanup, a ton of like integrations and synchronizations that all run in tasks. And um, I'm not going to say that that tasks in Craft Two are are badly implemented but they have a lot of inherent challenges um because of the way they run and the queue runner in craft three um i'm just so excited for for um uh for working with with uh, a, a real proper queue um well that's three and uh that's three man you reached your limit that's two. That's no, two. I said. No, no. I said. We, we got performance. Yeah, we performance. Got uh, but but Patrick already took performance. <laughs> You're cut off, Jonathan. What <laughs> do you right, think? Fine. Well, I, this one hasn't been mentioned yet, but I was going to say performance. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. All right. Yeah, I, I think that I think the full gamut's been covered. But yeah, I mean, so craft craft two by no means is a slowpoke. Oh, it is um, for some things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like when you when you compare it to Craft Three, you've got U two, which greatly improves yeah. things like time to first byte. I mean, yeah. it's really it's a substantial um, improvement in performance. This is probably the thing I'm absolutely most excited about. Yeah. I'm not um, going to let you off the hook though. You got to give me three. Okay, I'll give you some more. So um, I like everyone else. I'd be like being able to do things. Um, 
from the command line, I think the ability to do command line installs, managing craft itself as a dependency. Um, you know, when you're setting up your repo, it always felt just a little bit dirty to kind of, you know, um, have to include it the way that you did. To be able to just um, include it as part of your composer dependencies, that's very cool. Um, yeah. I, um, that's two. Yeah, that's two. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Um, let me think here. Um, I like I like the approach that's being taken for things like um, accessing uh, the um, service APIs uh, mm -hmm. directly in Twig mm -hmm. as opposed to doing like craft.request and all nice. this kind of stuff, which is kind of just like a, a wrapper around the, uh, the native way to do it in EE. You can just access it directly in your Twig. So this gives um, the front end folks a lot more power um, to go in and have access um, to a lot of these uh, tools in the API that would have previously required you to write some custom plugin. That's yeah. not the end of the world, but still, it's so much more convenient to not have to do that. Yeah. Um, you can just go ahead and grab grab that API access directly right in your Twig. So that's that's probably that'd be my number three. Yeah, for people who don't know, basically. Um the entire craft application instance for all intents and purposes is now available in your templates via craft.app. So any uh, in, in craft two, they kind of just made available what they thought people would want. Now you kind of get the whole shebang. Um, so for a lot of, uh, as Jonathan was mentioning, for a lot of things where you might've written a, a simple plugin or, or paid someone to write, a simple plugin to expose some functionality. Now you don't have to. You've got access to all of that. And how for for PHP Storm users, Patrick, how oh, yeah. <laughs> freaking awesome is it that you dared to dream installed <laughs> installed the Symphony plugin? Even though I, I looked at the Stack Exchange post and I was I, I tried like some of their at var hints and I'm. Then I looked, and they, they said they were needing the plugin. I was like, ah, it'll never work. But you were just, just like... probably skipped over the point, the part where it said, actually enable the plugin No, 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 project. I just I didn't think that that plugin would help with anything with Craft. I thought it was Symfony-specific. Right. You installed it. How awesome is it that you now get auto-completion of every single Craft method, every uh, third-party filter. filter, everything yeah. in your template? Yeah, it's... You know, they're used to... I thought there was still an argument previously for using... Sublime or not Adam, and one should use Adam, uh, but you know, for using whatever Coda, whatever, you know, because they're nice and performant. And yes, PHP Storm can be a little slow, but you know, you can fix that by kind of pulling back some of what it does. But now that you have real like auto completion of, yeah, your, your craft.app uh, variables right in your Twig, oh. I don't know how I could ever code. <laughs> it's so craft nice. Sites. Yeah, it used to be like the, the line was, well, if you're doing PHP development, you need to use PHP Storm. And now, if you're doing Twig development, you really should be using PHP Storm. Yeah, I'd love to see eventually. I, I used to work for a, a .NET company, and they actually, uh, in their CMS, they built an entire tool that would stub out for every, in craft speak, entry type. It would stub out uh, right. classes that included mappings for every possible field. Oh, that's nice. If you could have that, uh, you know, even if it was just used for um, documentation purposes and the classes weren't actually used behind the scenes, that would really be impressive. Oh, the, it, you know, the only nagging thing that you pointed out is you do have to put in these little comments. Right. Um, but I think some people have started to push yeah. for it being implemented globally. We're, we're working on, on figuring that out. And the, the thing that I really want, just to keep going on this tangent for a minute, is I really want the deprecation errors 
mm-hmm. that like if you're using PHP Storm, a lot of people think that PHP Storm, I don't need it because it's for PHP development. No, all of the functionality of their WebStorm product for JavaScript, for HTML, for Twig, for whatever, that's all in PHP Storm, um, as well as a decent amount of their Data Grip product. So you can actually use it to directly access your MySQL or your Postgres database. So you don't need SQL Pro or whatever. You can just do it all right there. It's got a terminal built into it. It's got everything. <laughs> but what I really would like to see is the, um, especially for the transition from Craft 2 to Craft 3, is the uh, the Twig deprecation errors to show up in mm. the editor the same way they do uh, in PHP. But anyway, I don't want to get too much off on the, the PHP Storm tangent. So for it's me, a pretty good commercial for PHP Storm. Uh, I just it saves me so much time though. I mean, you I do a love PHP it. Storm episode. I love Gush. It. And I, I remember talking to Patrick like two years ago. Yeah. And he was sitting there using PHP Storm, and I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, No, trust <laughs> me, it's really good. I'm like, Ah. Oh. Fine. And I, I mean, I wish I had listened to him sooner. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, but my top three features for, for Craft 3, um, number one is definitely going to be performance. I know everyone else has said it, but, you know, it's a thing. Um, and the performance is amazing, especially uh, a lot of the uh, database transactions have been streamlined. Um, I think my second favorite thing um, is probably the addition of the plugin store. And not just for the obvious reason that I develop plugins, um, and I would like to start selling them so I can uh, support them and make them better, um, but also because when you have something like that, you're then nurturing an ecosystem that is going to grow much quicker than if there is no kind of organized store. Uh, and you know, I've heard some people gripe about, well, I don't want to pay for this or I don't want to pay for that. The reality is that you want to pay for these things because you want to encourage developers to work on this stuff and maintain it. And, you know, when I look at um, what a a billable hour costs and then I look at a plugin that will take care of that for me, I mean, yeah, there's some risk. You've got to make sure that it's from a developer you trust and they're not going to abandon it and all that kind of thing. But I just look at it from the amount of time that it will save me. So my number two is definitely the plugin store. I think it's going to be um, really big from the point of view of getting people on board to make this ecosystem even bigger than it already is. Um, and I think uh, my number three probably would be the move to Composer um, and all that that gives you in terms of the CLI installs, in terms of being able to create uh, boilerplate projects. Um, so I guess, Patrick, you asked me to, to talk about it real quick, so mm. I will. Um, what I effectively, when you do composer create project, and then you, you give it uh, craft CMS slash CMS, or sorry, slash craft, um, what you're actually doing is it's effectively taking a GitHub repo and cloning it down onto your computer but then removing the Git data. So you've got like this fresh project to start with. And the fun thing about that is you, you don't have to use Craft CMS's boilerplate. Like I, I created my own and it installs all of my default directories. It installs my Craft scripts. It installs my Craft uh, multi-environment. And I wrote a little setup program that automates all that stuff. But the point is that you can really easily create scaffolding 
you know, put it in Packagist. If you need it to be, to be private, Packagist has private uh, repositories too. Um, and then when you go to start a project, you can just type composer project create my company name slash craft and boom, you've got all that boilerplate right there ready to go. Um, but th so those are my those are my top three. But here's what I'm you know I've heard from everybody, performance, and then I heard a bunch of nerdy stuff from all of us. But so my question is, what? how do we sell our clients on this? How do we the the clients that we have that are on craft two? How do we go to them and say, hey, I really think you should allocate some time and money for me to upgrade this to Craft 3. So, Patrick, how would you, how would you approach that with a client? Like, what features are client-centric that you would say, hey, this is why you should update? That's a good question. I mean, you know, performance is something. If your client is Huge. frustrated by how quickly it takes to load their site, um, I mean, hopefully they're already on PHP 7, but... If you have a site that's an older Craft 2 site, it's still on 5.6. Um, you know, if you're going to be going through all that to maybe get onto a new server, um, you know, because they are looking to gain you know, an extra you know, quarter second or so on page load, um, that could be one. You know, we could be go back to performance on that. Um, to be honest, I mean, I think a lot of my Craft 2 sites will stay Craft 2 sites for a while. There's, especially with client work, there's the, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and so until there's any sort of... Um, you know, I'm sure at some point, Craft 2 will no longer be supported for updates. And if there's a security error, you know, thing found, or just the fact that, you know, they don't want to be on a platform that's not being supported, um, however many months or years down the line that is, you know, that, that's probably one of the biggest places I'll see. Um, or if someone is going through a major redesign, then, you know, I'd absolutely be starting on Craft 3. Mm -hmm. How about you, Michael? How would you, you've got a client that you said is 80% done on craft two, what is your pitch going to be to con you know spend the extra time and money to uh, convert that over to craft three? Um, yeah, well, so so you you cut me off before my favorite number three and a half. Uh, um, you're not allowed was... three and a half, man. You're only allowed three. <laughs> um, what do you think the rules well, don't apply to you? So the the specific <laughs> um, uh, the specific project that that I mentioned earlier um, performance would actually be a really big sell um, on that project, but also um, uh, stuff like, I mean, just stuff that a client can log in and poke around with, like the native uh, image editor, the focal point right. editor is huge. Clients love that, yep. um, especially, um, you know, a lot of the projects that we do are heavily art directed um, or, um, you know, have, have uh, really good, like content marketing teams that you know love playing around in a, a CMS. Um, so yeah, image editor is going to be um, real fun. Uh, image focal points going to be real fun. Um, the um, uh, the announcement to add a CK editor editor mm. plugin to the mix um, is um, even if a client doesn't know what CK editor is they will perceive a difference in user experience wow. between Redactor and, and CK Editor. And they probably felt the pain of Redactor. In, in some cases, they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for me to be able to tell them, yeah, the you know, better editor, um, buttons you care about, um, a little bit nicer for, for me to, to customize the editor experience, um, that's going to register. Mm -hmm. um, uh 
Well, all right, let's let, let's punt it over to uh, Jonathan. Yeah. What do you think, Jonathan? Like you, you've got a, a number of uh, pretty high-profile clients. How are you going to do the pitch to them to say, hey, you know, I know we just did this site a year ago or so, but I think we should upgrade it to Craft 3. Like, how are you going to sell that to them? Well, I think we're going to have to decide if we make that pitch. Mm -hmm. um, I... Um, I think clients, um, if they're going to spend dollars, I mean, you're always going to have some clients that are going to see the value in things like uh, performance or, you know, um, less of a hassle um, when they paste their, their text into the rich text editor or mm -hmm. working with that functionality. And they'll see value in that. But um, there is a large, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. mentality yep. so you would um depending on the complexity of the site uh, you could end up spending a whole lot of money um and the client turns around and doesn't really see um what they've paid for right you know mm -hmm. you know it's like well you know yeah the the control panel looks a little bit nicer it's like maybe i can tell this there's a little bit the site's a little faster i don't know uh really those performance gains come from things like um if the site's under heavy load, right. you know, maybe it'd be more mm -hmm. performant, not necessarily the client, like you run the upgrade and the client's just like, yeah, that's way faster. Right. Um, so although, although I'll tell you, like just logging <clears throat> into the admin CP, like it's, it really is kind of a night and oh, day yeah. difference, you know? That's true. That's yeah. true. I mean, there is, there is some, there is some, um, you can't perceive it to a certain extent, yeah. but, um, yeah. So like some of these sites that, um, that we have, um, they're like commerce sites. So that's another right. um, layer of complication on top of the fact that there's like custom, like integration with ship station or all this kind of stuff that would have to also be upgraded. So I think at a certain point, um, it does, you know, you do have to sit down and think, do we even want uh, to pursue this? And I, I think you present it to the client, like you give them all the pros, um, <laughs> Oh, are you being paged uh, yes, in the I'm, hospital? I'm a reminder. It's, it's just a code blue, guys. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I've, good grief. All right. This can be going the blooper roll. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it in there. I like it raw. Yeah. I like it real. Okay. So, well, it looks like the code yeah, blue has ended. I, so, I appreciate I think, the point that, that, like, the question of what features will our customers appreciate is a different conversation than are we going to pitch a craft two to craft three upgrade for such and such project. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because we as developers are ridiculously excited about craft three. Like from my point of view, developing for craft three is fantastic because it's more of a, it's almost a content management framework, right? Like, you, you can add modules to it. You can override any part of the functionality you want. I mean, there there even could be arguments to using Craft 3 instead of something like Laravel for certain custom things that you want to be able to build an app-ish product, um, but you also want an admin CP on the back end, and you don't want to have to develop that all yourself. And the fact that you're able to, or the development for Craft 3 is really just like developing a Yee app, or sorry, a Yee 2 app, um, but you just happen to get all this awesome stuff that Pixel and Tonic made on top of it. But then, you know, so as a developer, I'm, I'm super excited about it, but then I look at it from a client's perspective, and it is kind of a tough sell, because you can yeah. tell them it's going to be faster, which right. is great, you know, they'll be like, okay, that's, that's wonderful. 
but there isn't a whole lot in terms of client visible features that are new. Now we right. know we as developers know that they rewrote the whole goddamn thing, and there's a ton of work in there, right? But when a dev- when a user looks at it or a client looks at it, you know, they, there's the performance, there's some UI tweaks, um, the fact that there's a plugin store probably is a is a plus. Um, although I think uh, a lot of the clients I work with are probably going to be depending on me uh, to <laughs> pick and choose and install plugins. Uh, the image editor that you mentioned, Jonathan, I think is uh, is definitely uh, a huge thing. But from the point of view of selling it to clients, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same position you are, Jonathan, I think, where it'll be part of a larger conversation when it's time to refresh the site. Right. Um, now, and I think we all want to feel good about what we're right. selling to our clients. So, like, if I feel like there's not that much value in it to the client, I mean, you know, if it's a well-built um, craft two site with no issues, then there may not be, um, there may not be a, a good case for it. Um, if you have a site that's definitely suffering from performance issues or they're right. frustrated with some feature that, you know, could be improved by going to craft three, then yeah, pursue it. Well, there is, there is one other thing that, uh, is where pixel and tonic comes into the mix, um, which is how long they say they're going to support craft two, mm-hmm. right? Because part of the conversation for people that they're, website is a big part of their business. Uh, I mean, they care about maintenance uh, updates and security updates and all that kind of fun stuff. So if Pixel and Tonic comes out and says, hey, we're only going to support Craft 2 for the next year from the time that Craft 2, uh, sorry, yeah, from the time that Craft 3 is released, then that gives us another thing that we can have a conversation with our, uh, our clients about, like, hey, you know, look, not only is this thing better, but you want that support and you want those updates. So it's mm-hmm. time to kind of get on the, the bandwagon for that, you know? Right. I think that's a good point is distinguishing maybe a site where it is it serves the role of marketing um, for a company versus a site that that is the company. Like they're right. selling stuff on it or something like that. Right. I think that's maybe a clear case for going with the, um, with the product that's going to be, you know, supported for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, I mean, one other thing that I'm looking forward to in Craft 3, and this is going to sound horribly narcissistic or, or whatever, but one of the reasons I want to be using Craft 3 for new projects is some of the plugins that I wrote or am writing, I want to use them. Like <laughs> the um, the image optimized plugin that I wrote, that in conjunction with the image editor, for me, for like, 90% plus of sites is just going to be absolutely amazing uh, to be able to use. And all of that templating that I had to do uh, in order to get images optimized and at responsive sizes and all that kind of fun stuff, uh, I don't have to do that anymore. And I'm really looking forward to that too. Yeah. And, and some of you guys are also probably in the same boat, uh, probably Michael especially, that some of the plugins that you're working on, like you want to use them <laughs> on your new projects, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what what plugins are we all waiting on? Now, I know I'm going to get a whole lot of grief for SEOmatic, and please go ahead. Each of you can give it to me if you want. But what, what other plugins are you kind of waiting on, Patrick, for um, sites, you know, both uh, Craft 2.x sites that you want to upgrade um, and then also for, for new projects? Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, Super Table is one that has come in handy for us. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, that one, uh, who's the developer of Super Table? That's Josh. Uh, Josh. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, I think he said that's it, coming along pretty well. Now known uh, as verb.io. There it is. Uh, Linkit is a really handy little one that I've used on so many sites, especially if you ever um, just want to give your clients the ability to plop a button at the end of something and you don't know if they're going to want to link to a PDF or to an external URL or to another entry or anything. Uh, it's really versatile and, and really improves the uh, client experience of just creating links and buttons and controlling, you know, what's the text for the link of a, you know, a dedicated link field. Now, are we ready to talk about something you might or might not be doing with that thing? Uh, no, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then Freeform uh, is a stellar one. Like, I mean, Soul Space was such a big part of the expression engine ecosystem and continues to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they've become, I think, a really big player as well in craft and uh, Freeform. We've had great experience for clients that need a form builder. Uh, and, uh, you know, so really excited to, you know, at some point, hopefully see that one uh, move over to Craft 3. Now, what do you think of I was actually thinking about this the other day. So one of the requirements for having a plugin in the plugin store um, is that you have it in a public GitHub repo. Do you think Space is going to care about that? Yeah, I, I've been privy to some conversations, so I don't know... Um, I don't know. I mean, I know Mitchell was very actively involved in the early plug-in store discussions when everything was going back around pricing and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you could do private packages. I'm assuming if you wanted to uh, hide it a bit more. Uh, but uh, that's a good question. It would be a, a good question for Mitchell and, and those folks over at Soulspace. Maybe we'll have to have them on. Um, yeah. How about how about you, Michael? Are there any uh, plugins that you, we already kind of went over it a little bit with you? But are there any any other plugins that Maybe they're not blocking you, but you really are looking forward to seeing them on Craft 3. Um, there are a couple, um, and, uh, and I'm working on them. <laughs> yeah, your own, right? Yeah. So if you, uh, <laughs> if, if you are not already signed up for uh, my Craftmas list, um, then uh, you should go get on it and, and get some presents. Give people um, the URL if you want them to go. I will be uh, topshelfcraft.com slash craftmas. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, will be, I, will be getting <laughs> I will be getting presents right along with all of you because I am waiting on myself to <laughs> finish right. several plugins. Yeah, welcome um, to my hell. <laughs> right. Well, if you could just stop releasing... <laughs> Everything other than SEOmatic, and, yeah. and uh, you know that'd, that'd be great. It's uh, true, no, it's I true, though. I have ported. You you have almost you, everything. The only two that I okay. So, instant analytics is not completely done because I'm waiting on Commerce two for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the only there are only three other plugins I haven't ported. One is Route Map that probably no one cares about other than. Uh, me or people that are using service workers or uh, front end. Uh, frameworks like React or, or Vue. Um, and then there's SEOmatic, and then there is Retor. And those are the only three yeah, that have not well. been ported. And uh, SEOmatic and Retor are my two most popular <laughs> ones, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm done with, uh, with SuperSort. Um, Legacy Login is just about done. The XL import is just about done. Like all the unsexy ones mm-hmm. are, are pretty much done. The one actually that um, th- that is holding up a couple projects for me is Printmaker mm-hmm. um, and uh, and getting the next release of Printmaker out. Well, what, um, about, what about Feed Me? Like for new projects, like we need some way to get the data in there. 
I was going to mention that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Feed me is something that I use on almost every new site. Cause you've got to, that's the best way to get, um, oh. um, yeah, it's the best way data to, migrated in. Yeah. Now I know you Michael, bring up what I'm doing. I know Michael that you use your own custom import stuff. So we're not even going to talk to you about that. We know you don't care about feed me. But something I care. Well, I, and 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 more than that, I know that, that a lot of other people care. Yeah. But yeah, what Patrick is doing, which is what <laughs> makes complete sense is he's using feed me to import it into craft 2 and then he's yep. upgrading it. Yeah. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and and it's that's, looking pretty that's good. It's just not a bad way to go. It's a little scary though, because like once I've done that and moved everything over, like that uh, data import has to be totally like stamped approved. Because once I've made that move, then I'm in trouble if it turns out oh you didn't map that field properly. So right, uh, feed me is absolutely a, an important one. Right. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only person that people are waiting on all the pressure. How, how about you, Jonathan? <laughs> are there any other plugins that you kind of are, are go to that? Uh, Maybe they don't have to be there for you to do a new site, but you really would like to see them. Uh, well, you mentioned um, you sh you went ahead and shamed yourself by mentioning yeah. Retour. Yeah. Um, so Retour, I we we actually you wrote Retour for. Um, did you write that for the Barefoot uh, Contessa project? Yeah. I did. So that was absolutely essential for a site where right. there's just tons of date uh, pages that are already indexed out there. Yep. Um, and you're doing a new version of it to make sure you don't have 404 craziness happening on relaunch. But then also, I just think it's interesting how many plugins that used to be um, essential um, are kind of um, going to not necessarily be required in Craft Three. Right, um, yeah. So, like Focus Point, I think you've already mentioned gone. that. You know, gone, gone. And like that was like the one of the first things that got installed. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. Well, and um, and you know, I'd love. <laughs> imager and i love andre yeah but i'm honestly going to be glad to not have to use imager for a whole lot of my my new sites right because yeah it's it definitely does some things that nothing else does but what i was using that for um was a to optimize the images by removing all the cruft from them and then b to create the responsive image sizes Right. Right. And that's yep. what I wrote image optimized to do. And for like 90% yeah. plus of my sites, boom, install, click, done, you know, glad, right. to, glad to mm -hmm. not be doing the, that kind of front end templating stuff anymore. Plus you're going to get some really cool um, features with it. Like the, um, the SVGs for placeholders yeah, and right, 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 all right. kind of fancy stuff. Well, the, the other fun thing, and yeah, guys, I feel, I feel guilty of talking about my stuff too much, but what the hell? <laughs> Um, the other thing that I'm really jazzed about is you can actually pick what um, what method you want to use for doing the image resizing. So if you use Imagex, you can just go into the admin CP, switch it from craft to Imagex, and boom, all of your image resizing and uh, uh, manipulations will then all go through Imagex. And the the key there is that you you don't have to make any template changes, right? You don't have to learn a plugin's funky syntax for making these things or whatever. It just works by intercepting what craft is doing. And I, I think that's going to be huge from the point of view of, you know, people can, uh, they get it up and running on craft using native transforms. The client says it's too slow or whatever. Switch it over to ImageX. Boom, you're done. Like you, you literally have nothing else to do. Or on the, the other hand, if you're using ImageX and the client decides that they don't like the monthly bills, you can just switch it back. Without having to change anything, you know? 
I, I agree that that's gonna be that's gonna be really big. And granted, all of that like should be in config anyway. Um, like anytime we use imager or whatever, it's all you know we're pulling uh, variables out of a config file, so we don't have to make template changes. Right. But um, but I think what's um, what I like about that specific point is um, there's a lot in craft from a developer standpoint mm-hmm. um, that is kind of following this pattern. You know, all of the new um, the asset source uh, setup and the the mailers. Um, you know, where you can. Uh, just kind of drop in a blob to your config file, and all of a sudden your assets are on S3, or they're on Dropbox, or you're using Mailgun to send your emails, or you're, send, you're using SparkPost to send your emails, and and you know this is kind of uh, a place where uh, you're following that pattern, which is the pattern that I just think makes the developer life um, just so much easier. Um, you know, as long as we were talking about plugins that that we're waiting on, yep. um, there's also this giant elephant in the room, which is um, commerce right. slash charge. Yeah. Um, right. We and uh, you know we're not starting any um, any new commerce projects, um, uh, any new big commerce projects. Um, you know, for uh, until April. <laughs> um, so. Well, they said um, they're going to have a beta out in early 2018. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to go launch a giant e-commerce project for a client on a beta because that's not quite responsible. Um, So, so that's one that I'm waiting on for And granted, you know, we're still like doing some stuff with um, commerce one, but, um, but that's going to be an exciting thing to drop Mm -hmm. when it drops. So I actually have another uh, kind of question in terms of uh, getting craft three out there uh, and adopted. Have you? I mean, we're all we're all pretty nerdy, right? I mean, all of us love the CLI. We we don't mind junking around and doing stuff. Is Craft three? Is it too? Is is there too much for people to have to learn to be able to use it? Because let's face it, there are a ton of Craft developers out there that don't know Composer, don't want to know Composer. Do you guys think that's a problem? Well, I mean, I, I know that the only way to install it now is Composer, but is that the, um, is that going to be the, is that going to be how it is when it actually launches for real? It's still going to require Composer or is there also going to be like an installer? So what yeah, I, I mean, yeah, GA, they said will not require Composer. Right. Okay. It, well, it will well, require, it will use it. Right. It will you can require use it if you Composer. want to. It will require Composer. But interestingly, Craft CMS has an internal dependency on Composer. So it itself installs its own Composer. So people don't mm, know right. it. But uh, when they click update or when they update a plugin, they're actually using this Composer that's kind of built into uh, built into Craft. But so I mean, it doesn't it doesn't require that your local development environment have Composer? Correct. Right. Okay. Well, and it Correct. doesn't in- require that you yourself know anything about Composer. But but do you guys think that I mean here here's the thing like there's a there's a spectrum of developers right there there are Laravel type developers who kind of looked at Craft and they're like ah you know it, I don't really want to develop for that you know because they they're looking for something more framework ish or so, syntactic sugar yeah or yeah <laughs> Brad Bell loves his sugar yo sign up <laughs> for the craftsman's list man I got so much syntactic sugar coming for you <laughs> but. Okay, diabetes aside, okay, 
the the point is that you know for a decent number of people they don't want to have to learn composer to do this stuff i mean i don't know and and, and i can definitely understand um people who have never worked with composer that kind of look at this and they're like holy crap you know what do i have to do here but yeah they will be able to download the full version and in theory they should never notice the difference i mean i uh i love the fact that i'm going to be able to use the command line to do all this stuff like i think it's fantastic and i think that even if you are a developer that would rather just click the download and it works, I still think that it's really useful to have some understanding of what's going on under the hood for when stuff goes wrong, you know, so you can then figure it out. But Agreed. Yeah, but, you know, getting back to what I was saying about there being a spectrum of developers, so there's the, the Laravel-type developers are going to be thrilled by Craft 3 because they can just treat it like a content management framework and they can build their own app around it and kind of away they go. Um, but then you also have, on the other kind of end of the spectrum, you have designer developers who, you know, the fact that they're using, uh, the fact that they have learned Twig is kind of a big deal. And maybe they use a little JavaScript, but, you know, mostly it's just a, a package that they include. Um, do you think the bar has gotten too high for them, or does that, does that matter? Yeah, I mean, I think once there's that zip file out there where, you know, people just, they, they download the zip, they point their web root at used to be public, now it's web. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, isn't there now an actual um, uh, a GUI for connecting to the database if you yeah. booted it up without that? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're confusing the beta and RC period with what it will look like when they're not you know, pushing new builds every handful of days and mm-hmm. they're in a stable place and they have that nice clean zip file. I mean, you can make the case that it'll be easier at that point because, yeah, you, you know, Composer is self-contained, People can, you know, similar to WordPress or Drupal, just try to go to the URL and it says, hey, you haven't set up your database yet. Here, we're going to walk you right through it. Well, with Craft 2, you know, you had to go and find your config DB PHP file. Um, you know, I think, yeah, right now we're, we're kind of on the wild west of betas and RCs. And it, it definitely feels like uh, it would be tough for someone who's never been in that ecosystem of Composer to, to pick that up so quickly. But once there's that zip file, um, people who who you know enjoy that, just grabbing a zip file and knowing they don't have to touch the terminal, yeah. um, you know, I, I think everyone will be happy. And w- doesn't that open up the the possibility for you know there's uh, in the WordPress world there's WordPress hosting. How awesome would it be if you know one of the craft partners or Pixel and Tonic or whoever came up with their own hosting scenario where oh. You want space with craft installed? Boom, here you go. And it installs a, a preset config. They don't have to ever deal with setting up a server. They don't have to deal with anything. They just kind of work on it. I mean, do you, I, I see that as a ripe opportunity. Yep. Yeah, well, and I know that that at least multiple people are, are um, thinking sure. quite earnestly about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I know at least two hosting companies <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> Um, that have that on their radar and and a few others, but as well they should. Um, yeah, even in terms of like the dig down deep dev stuff, mm-hmm. um, I I think that the bar has been raised a little yeah. in terms of you know what you need to have on your radar in order to really understand uh, this code base. Um, but I 
I don't actually think that's a bad thing. I mean, I um, I care much more for um, the trajectory that the the dev world is on, um, much more for for you know the direction it's going than than where it's at in terms of um, you know what people are using and what people feel like they can use. Because like I still think back to myself not very long ago at all, um, and I you know looking back at my my past self like i don't even know that i would call myself a quote unquote you know air quotes real developer <laughs> right like back in the days when i was like first learning to spin up sites with like expression engine and like i was an expression engine developer but if i like edged outside of expression engine like it was no man's land and i just felt really uncomfortable and it was the same on the front end with like jquery right like i could or like you know moo tools right i could do cool stuff on a page with moo tools but in the absence of this this library like i i felt like i was lost if i tried to like look at just yeah. vanilla javascript but then you know slowly but surely using expression engine writing little stupid plugins for expression engine then writing slightly more complicated plugins for expression engine and then debugging stuff and the same on the front end you know maybe i can tweak this little jQuery plugin to do something slightly differently, right? Like we take patterns from these tools and these code bases that we consume. Um, and that is how we learn and get this pattern recognition. And so like, I feel that that craft taking on a lot of this um, modern tool set, right. um, like even if, even if initially it makes people just a little bit scared, um, the reality is that in order to you know be successful in the next few years you are gonna have to put some of this stuff on your radar yep. um and so having sort of a um a nice boilerplate world um where you can look at this stuff being used and used really well um i think makes the learning curve easier and i think it it puts us all um you know, in a, in a really nice place to just kind of um, learn by example and learn by tweaking. I think I got um, it. I think I'm, I got it, Michael. <laughs> I, I, I know that there's an expression for this that's perfect. <laughs> a rising tide lifts all boats, right? I mean, they're they're raising the, the standards bar. Yeah. And in right. doing so, they're floating everyone up along with it, you know? Yeah. And I think this is the clear right direction ahead in versus the other direction of, well, let's appeal to um, right. the easier, you know, um, kind of less Debbie, yeah. Deb-centric way of doing it. I mean, this is clearly the best path forward. Yeah, like it or not, in my opinion, the the low-end websites are gone. Like, they're, they're going to be done in uh wix they're going to be well, done in webflow yeah. they're going to be done in, in these squarespace yeah i mean i agree i think that the market like if we're talking about the sort of simpler way of doing it these yeah. these are these are going to be people using squarespace anyway so yeah. why why limit the ability of um you know people that are sort of doing it at the next level and you can be a designer and you can use these tools and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with them right i mean not not every tool has to be used for every single job but I think that the the money in doing these kind of lower end sites is all going to be from a design UX point of view because people are just going to be using these tools and services to put them together. And I'm coming at this kind of from a different perspective than you guys is that my background is doing 
um, app and iOS development, right? So I, I look at all this tooling and I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, give me the build tools. Like, you know, I need all this stuff. And I, I still remember uh, when I first was uh, using Expression Engine, like it was incredibly frustrating for me because I knew what I wanted it to do, but it wouldn't let me. <laughs> because yeah. there were no variables or you had to use this specific syntax or you know whatever. parse order yeah and i and i do think oh, that no. the, yeah parse order and i <laughs> i spent more time that shall not be named yeah ptsd ptsd I, I spent more time banging my head into the wall trying to hammer this thing to do what i knew had or knew should be done as opposed yeah. to actually doing it and I think that the the lower end sites are gone. Like you, you, if you want to be a designer, um, and and make lower end sites on these tools, then fine. But the money is going to be in these bespoke websites and the kind of tooling uh, and the kind of craft craftsmanship, no pun intended, um, that we can bring to the party in terms of making them awesome. When you know a two percent conversion rate means a big deal or it makes a big difference. You know what I mean? Right, right. And okay. I, I don't, I don't know that it's a, a low end, high end site sort of dichotomy. And I, mean, I think, I think that you were, you were right to bring up the point in the first place because an enormous percentage of the the usership of craft is like designers who don't know a lot of code, right. um, but they know what they need to get done. Right. Um, and craft gives them this just really nice environment to do it in. And the the key is, I don't think. Th that sort of person is being left behind. Mm. I, but on the flip side, when that person is ready to grow, this tool is not going to fight them. That's this a, tool is going to enable them. That's a huge them. point, and especially if these some of these service providers do offer them kind of one-click setup and hosting installs, then it's going to be fantastic. And you're right, the well is very deep. Like when they do want to learn. And I, they do want to I sort of have to you know? disagree or at least question this a little bit, like this market for, um, you know, craft specific hosting or one click install. I mean, right. it's it maybe um maybe I'm wrong about this, but it seems like the market for like VPS and stuff is so cheap now. And, right. and with the advent of tools like Server Pilot and Laravel Forge, like I just don't get paying um for like uh, managed hosting for a specific kind of um, you know one click install or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just well, seems, it seems so easy and so cheap to do it yourself. You're preaching to the choir, Jonathan. Like one of my pet peeves is boutique shared hosting. Like I think it's and and I think this experiment worst. has been tried before too. Like if anybody remembers the old days of engine hosting, which I guess yeah. eventually rolled into um, Architect. Right. But yeah, th that was sort of the model of like we're just going to be the expression engine host and stuff. Right. Well, like, I mean, I guess you can argue it, it wasn't successful because the uh, platform that they were uh, built their business on fell out of favor a little bit. But still, I mean, it seems like it was trod. It, it you know, people ultimately decided that they didn't like that model. I don't well, know. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, there's WP Engine um, and Acquia in the Drupal world, but right. WP Engine, I feel like if someone had a, you know, a craft engine or, you know, whatever you want to call it, where it sets up a Git repository for you, it sets up good hosting for you, it does automatic backups, and it costs under $30 a month, yeah. uh, I think something like that would do really well. Yeah. I have a lot of empathy for the kind of person that just really digs WordPress.com. Like... Um, empathy 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like, like, there's times, man, I want to just set something up. Like, right. I want to click okay. a button right. and just have it be on the internet in 20 seconds and not have to think about VPSs. And it's like, and this is coming from me, right? And I know how to do all this stuff. But yep. just sometimes I just don't. I just don't want it. Like, some projects just, like, aren't. Yeah, worth they it. They don't it's like if it. I have yeah. to spend five minutes setting up a VPS for a project, like that project is no longer worth it. And and if you were someone who doesn't have the DevOps um, ex- experience, like that is all the more intimidating. But like, I don't know. I feel like hosting is it could be an episode unto itself. I think the. I think that would be a very fun episode. You oh, know, yeah. I, yeah. I think the point that we've sort of settled on is. You know, I don't think Craft Three is boxing anybody out, mm-hmm. but I think it is opening up some some new doors for people to grow. Yeah, for sure. And and Jonathan, I like I understand what you're saying. Like my my take on uh, shared hosting or boutique hosting or whatever is that if you're doing it, like you're screwing yourself because the the amount of time that you have to spend fighting against it to get it to do what you want so much easier to just use Forge or Server Pilot, spin up a VPS, get it working, deterministic setup, away we go. However, I can't even tell you the number of people that I've run into that they say, well, I just, I don't want to be a sysadmin. You know, I don't want to have to deal with any of this stuff. Like I don't, my client wants a number to call in the middle of the night so when something is going wrong or yada, yada, yada. And I, I do have a lot of sympathy for designer developers who, you know, they started out as designers and they became developers, you know, they kind of fell back into it because the amount of tooling that you need uh, from a DevOps point of view from, and then, then on the other end of the spectrum, the front end frameworks, you know, like the, the landscape out there is incredible, you know? So right. I do have some sympathy and I think the fact that, um, something could be offered to give these people a way to spin up craft easily could be a really good thing. Yeah. So does anyone else uh, have any final thoughts on craft three that they would like to uh, mention before we uh, put the first episode in the can? Yeah, no, I mean, one thing that, uh, you know, I can say to anyone who's been holding off, I was terrified for, I mean, it's been two and a half years now since I first heard of craft three of the changes, especially with plugins and, you know, the templating side really hasn't changed, but yeah. I was just terrified of what it was going to mean to have to learn really complicated, um, you know, object oriented stuff more so than I've already done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's actually been really nice. Everything is so explicit in craft three. Um, if you've wanted to learn PHP the right way and always felt like there's something weird about having to have camel K's versus this case with underscores, all that's gone. It's just, you're doing PHP the right way. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I love coding in it. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to do more of it. So the time is now. Yep. Yeah, the time is now for Craft 3. All right, well, gentlemen, thank you all for coming on. And want to let everyone know the website is devmode.fm, and you can follow us at devmode.fm on Twitter. And for the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. Patrick Harrington. Michael Rogg. Jonathan Melville. With a new baby named? Wesley. Love it. Signing signing off, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya later. (laughs)